Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. A couple of text messages came in on the buying, selling of cars really quick, so I'll go ahead and answer these. Somebody asked, what if you're a minor? Good question, by the way. To my knowledge, if you're under the age of 18, somebody being there to co-sign, you know, parent, guardian, something along those lines. Now, as far as buying the car goes, I know of no law about you buying a car if you're paying cash. Entering into a contract is a whole different deal because you aren't old enough to enter into a contract. I'm guessing most dealerships, even though you're pay, if you're paying cash, you're probably still going to have to have a parent or guardian along with you to help sign some things and do some things because I'm guessing most dealers are not going to sell you a car under the age of 18. I don't know that for sure. Question, I don't know if this has ever come up on Drive Radio. Most of the time, you're going to have somebody with you that can help. But you, I, to my knowledge, you cannot legally enter into a lean-type situation under the age of 18. That one I do know for sure. I had another uh, comment that came in, too, that said, you know, when you're dealing with some of these different dealers on different things, I've got a story of a particular person that bought a new Ford up in the Loveland area and went in, made a deal, had everything all dialed in, but wasn't going to pick up the vehicle at that point in time. Luckily, took pictures of the deal. By the way, it's really key. If you've made a deal, even if you're going to come back in a couple of days to finalize it, take pictures of what that deal is at that time. This particular individual went back a couple days later to pick the truck up, and, of course, salesman says, what price? What deal? There isn't one. Let's start over. Fortunately, this listener had taken pictures, had everything dialed in, got the sales manager involved. They honored the price and ended up being okay when it was all said and done. Had that not happened, who knows what would have happened next? Probably wouldn't have had a deal. So again, as you're buying, you know, looking at buying cars, by the way, it's probably true with a lot of things, not just cars. You're going to go buy furniture and you get a quote. Take a picture of it. If they're not giving you a copy of what the quote is, take a picture of it. Now, some of them won't really let you do that. You kind of have to be a little sneaky when it goes to taking pictures because in some cases, they may not allow you to. So there's ways around that. Hey, I need to text my counterpart, my dad, my wife, my whatever. So you get your phone out. You act like you're texting. Keep in mind, most of the time, the guy's on the other side of the desk anyways. The contract's in front of you. Take a picture. They don't know what you're doing. None of their business. You can act like you're doing something that you're not and still take a picture of the contract and have it handy. I would be one to say, I'm, I want a picture of this. And if they said, well, you can't have one, then I'd, just, I'd get up and leave. Now, fortunately for me, I am spoiled, and I've got enough relationships on the fleet end of, of, of all of this where I, I cannot tell you the last time I actually walked in to buy a car. 
Um, I just don't have to do that anymore, luckily. Now, I will say that I've helped other people do this. Cam, who used to be with us on my daily show, and he wouldn't help out here on the weekends. She was a young gal that helped us as an intern for a while and then worked for us. And she, to her credit, wanted to buy a car, did all of the research, had everything handled, but wanted help with the finalization of things. So one particular Saturday, it happened to be a Saturday where we were running a rerun show. It was a, a holiday weekend. And I was able to go along with her, my wife and I, and we walked into the dealership, and in a matter of about a half an hour, we had a car bought, done, handled, and she didn't have to dink around with any of the nonsense that they wanted to put her through, by the way. Because, again, it started off with this whole, well, here's the payment, here's this, here's that, blah, blah, blah. When it was all said and done, we cut to the chase, got everything done, got into the F&I department, didn't buy all the other stuff that they want to sell you, and out the door she went buying a new car, and it worked out fine. She still owns it, still driving it, works out great. The Again, the bottom line is, and we talked about this with Josh and Justin from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline up in Boulder, there's even better times of the month to buy a car versus not. We're approaching that now. The end of the month is always a better time to buy a car than the beginning. The end of the year is always a better time to buy a car than the beginning of the year. Why? Because a lot of the dealerships that are out there their entire discount structure is based upon how many units they sell. Could be on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, or an annual basis, or all of the above. So if all of a sudden they're getting close to the end of the quarter or the end of the year, and they need X amount of sales to, you know, to, to make their, their total percentage discount come down another notch, you may be able to buy a car at a really decent price to get them over the hump. What's happened of late, though, there's so few cars on most dealers' lots that a lot of what I'm talking about just isn't there like it used to be because you don't have that leverage you once had because there's not that many cars. With all that being said, as you get towards the end of the month and there's some incentives for these dealers to move some cars, you may still be able to get a little better deal than you would otherwise, even when it comes to some of the things they like to add on. You could have some of those things removed, for example. And I, I'm with Craig on this one where they, they start talking about this environmental protection package. It's wax and Scotchgard, which you can do yourself. And in some cases, the wax comes out of a spray bottle that they just spray on, they rinse off, and you supposedly have this paint protection. Um, you, you don't need any of that. Don't waste your money. In fact, when it comes to a lot of the dealer add-ons, be very careful. This is where if you have time and ability and have a good relationship with a dealer and you're able to walk in and order the vehicle you want, you can order it and even say right up front, listen, I'll pay your dealer handling fees, that's it. I don't want anything else added to the car. I don't want floor mats if that's an add-on. I'll do all that myself. I don't want a clear bra. I don't want window tint. I don't want the environmental protection package. I don't want whatever it is they're trying to sell you. You just cut to the chase right up front and say, I want, to, I want to order this car. Here's what I want. Here's all the facts. You know, here's, here's all of the, um, the details on the car that I want. What's it going to cost me? And no, I don't want anything else when it shows up. I'm even the type where I don't even want your name on it when I go to pick it up. If you want to put a license plate frame on it, fine. But I don't want the sticker that has a dealer name on the back because I'm going to take it off anyways. Why, why, why waste your sticker because I'm going to pull it off anyways? Of course, I'm weird, and I pull everything off. If the emblem can come off, it does. 
Now, some have holes, they're drilled, and you can't take them off. And in my case, I leave those there. But if I can take anything else off, I do. Why? A, I think the car looks cleaner with all that junk off. And B, I don't really need to advertise that I'm driving an X, whatever that happens to be. If you don't know what it is, not my problem. I don't need to tell you what it is. And I sure as heck don't need to advertise for the the uh, you know OEM that built the car that that's what I'm driving. They can pay me to advertise if they'd like, but I'm not going to advertise for them for free. That's just my take on why I quote-unquote debadge vehicles. I don't need to advertise to anyone else when I'm driving. Again, if they don't know that a Chevy Colorado is a Chevy Colorado... Not my problem. But, you know, back to the buying ends of things. Make sure that you get pictures and do the things necessary to to keep yourself out of trouble on down the road as things would come up. Jeff in Western Montana, what's going on? Hey, good morning again. Hey, Jeff. Uh, I've actually purchased three cars online, sight unseen, until they arrived in my driveway. And uh, one was from Nampa, Idaho. One was from... Uh, Miami, Florida, and one was from North Carolina. And there's there's four things to be, to know about when you're doing it. First of all is research the dealer. I mean, um, you can't really tell a whole lot online, but you can tell a lot by dealing with them and finding out what they're, like you talked about with add-ons and different things. Right. Uh, the guy in Nampa, um, they tried to give me all sorts of uh, runaround about the, the price difference. And I actually looked up Idaho law, and they added, they'd added um, the dock fees and after the price, and that was illegal according to Idaho law. When I pointed it out, they took it off. He was really apologetic. So, um, yeah. And to your point, is, you can tell a lot about. It was kind of like the experience I had buying the one car that I bought on the East Coast. You learn a lot in a ten-minute conversation with that dealer, Jeff. Or at least I can. Yep. And, and to me, um, that says more about it than probably anything else the deal has going in front of it. That's that's my view of it, anyways. Yeah, that's your first filter. You can get rid of a lot of crap by uh, by doing that. You know, if you're dealing with with something quality or potentially of quality. I mean, you don't know for sure yet. The second part was finding somebody to inspect it. In all three cases, I found independently some folks in the area, um, and uh, one was an old guy in Nampa. Idaho was an old guy who'd run his shop for years, and it, he just had no emotion in his voice until he, after he looked at it, he saw the mileage on it. He was like, he was really excited about it. But um, that was that was the first case. And then nice. down in uh, down in Miami, there was a, a young guy who'd inherited the shop or took it over from his dad, and so he was uh, he was just. Uh, really enthusiastic, and he went over it with a fine-tooth comb. He was looking for everything, surface rust on uh, undercarriage, you know, on various components, uh, different things. And the, the third guy did the same thing. He was I, he was looking at things that I probably wouldn't even have thought to look at. And nice. He told me about a little dent on the uh, driver's side, the, uh, the door panel, where apparently somebody had left their elbow for a while. It was a time ah, good one. It. Yeah, good catch. So, so there's all sorts of little things. You know, th- th- that's probably the most important is don't let them take it to somebody they know. Find that's right. Somebody in the that's right. Great point, them. Jeff. Yes, thank you. Yes, hundred percent. And then the third part is 
the shipper because once you buy it, yep, you got to get it to you. And the last two vehicles, I've had the same shipper. He's actually out of Spokane, so I've, I've uh, had the same person ship the last two vehicles, and they took immaculate care of it. I mean, you could tell that they were. This was not their first rodeo. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the fourth part, and I think people forget about this, and that's insurance. Make sure. Once you've bought it, before you ship it, yeah. you have insurance. Yeah, because if something happens, you're still liable. That's right. If if somebody crashes it, you know the uh, before it gets on the uh, on the truck to come to you, if a hailstorm or whatever. Yep. Um, dealer's not going to cover that. Hailstorm. Somebody on. runs into it. The truck rolls over because it's I eighty in the winter. I mean, Jeff, we can go down the list of stuff that could happen. Right. So. Um, yeah, All great point. I've had good experiences. Um, I, I don't know that everybody else does. But well, you know, again, keep in I mind, for everybody listening, too, uh, please, you know, please make sure that you hear what I'm saying here. Jeff's a very astute, sharp individual, has bought and, you know, sold many, many cars. Jeff, you have a leg up on a lot of individuals. I would still tell most people that if they're not in that world and they don't understand everything you just said, they're going to have to have some help getting that done if they're buying out of state. Right, and and the key part is be willing to walk away. When we, That's uh, right. The last one we bought, the last one we bought was a uh, 2004 Chevy SSR, and uh, they were making all sorts of excuses about prices, and uh, we just said, nope, thanks. And uh, this was the middle of September of last year, and then right around the end of September, oddly enough, um, they called me back mm-hmm. because they had to meet their monthly quota. Yep. Yeah, you know, Jeff, never, and that, by the way, that includes even if you're at a local dealer here and you're looking at something and the price isn't quite right. To your point, never be afraid to just walk away and say, nope, I'm done. If something changes, call me, but otherwise I'm done. See ya. Yep. Exactly. So, one, one, by the way, one of the best tactics you could have. Yeah, because then they call you. That's right. Now, it, now, it's, now all the cards are. All the pressure's on their side of the table. That's exactly right. Another thing, too, that most people don't realize in the art of negotiation, when you give out a price as a seller and you say, Jeff, okay, here's the car. I've got it. I've got it for you. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the price. Do we have a deal? The next person that talks loses. If that's you, you lose. If it's the dealer, they lose. So nobody really understands that, and it's very hard to sit there in total silence waiting to see who's going to talk first, but whoever talks first loses. That's a good point. And it's hard to do because somebody wants to talk and say something to get the conversation going again, but trust me, you're better off to just sit there, be quiet, and get the dealer to talk again. Just look like you're thinking? That's right. That's right. You could be counting backwards from 100 for all I care. Whatever you need to do to not talk, don't talk. Because they're going to come back and say something else, and that means they lost. That's a really good point. I hadn't really, I, I mean, I'd heard of that before, but. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, and this, and this, that, you know, the way I learned that is the same is true if you're on the sales side. You know, you you give out a price to Jeff and you say, okay, here it is. Here's the price. Here's the deal. You know, what do you think? Do we have a deal? And as a seller, I just need to shut up and not say a word, even if it takes 10 minutes for Jeff to respond. It's almost a waiting game at that point. But whoever talks first loses. Hmm. Good thing to remember, yep. even at a uh, in an advanced age. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and, and uh, today's world, Jeff, where there's more and more negotiations going on on all fronts, not just cars. I mean, this can apply to almost anything you go out and buy minus groceries. Yeah, houses. Yep. So, anyways, Jeff, I'll let you go, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you very much. Have a good day up in Montana. We'll be right back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. I do have a list of the 10 car models that have the greatest potential lifespan. I'm not sure I agree with this entire list. We'll go through it if we have time. Again, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service's alignment and tire rotation special. Winter in Colorado can be tough on your car. Now through the end of the month, get your vehicle aligned and all four tires rotated for just $99.99. For just $99.99. Geno's can also check to see that your heater is working properly with the cold months ahead. At Geno's, we know a well-maintained vehicle will last and take care of you. For over 39 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Geno's Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you're being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it very much. Ben is next. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I had a question on a repair for a 95 Chevy pickup and a comment about buying cars. On this pickup, it's uh, got a five-speed manual and a hydraulic clutch. And when it warms up, it's like the throwout bearing isn't disengaging or going into neutral. It wants to stay in gear. Mm -hmm. But it's fine when it's cooler. Does that sound like the clutch or the hydraulic cylinder? Well, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. If you're going to do the slave cylinder and you're already there, you're going to do a clutch anyways. And at that point, you're doing an entire assembly, including the the pilot, the, you know, the slave. I would put a master cylinder on it as well. I would not just put a, a slave cylinder on it. So in that case, you're doing it all anyways. Okay. Your okay. labor's already there. There is no sense not putting a clutch in it because everything's apart anyways. Gotcha. So. The, uh, yeah, okay. Then my thing about buying vehicles is, you know, these negotiation tactics that the dealers mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. shows me the benign, like, malevolence of, of some of these dealers, or probably most of them, to manipulate, deceive, lie, yep. mislead. Yep. And you would think by shows- now, Ben, we'd be out of that. And I'm, I'm here to tell you. Not to get off on a tangent, but I think these dealerships have run their course. I think the manufacturers even know that. They know some of this stuff goes on, which, by the way, I don't think the, the, the OEMs, the manufacturers, approve of any of this, by the way. And I know for a fact they don't approve of any of that, Ben. And I'll tell you what, if the dealers aren't careful, they're, they're already on the cups of this right now, if you ask me. They're at a point to where the OEMs are about they're trying to figure out ways, Ben, to eliminate the dealer altogether other than just delivering the car. They want you and I to be able to go online, order whatever we want, have it delivered to the dealer, go pick it up at whatever that preset price was anyways, and all the dealer is doing is delivering it. And if these dealers don't get their act together, that's what's going to happen, Ben. Well, I think the OEMs, the best way for them to make money, at least in the short run, is to make vehicles that are bulletproof. And there's so much, to, in my mind, things out there that are kind of just junky. Yeah, they may last on average longer than ever, but let's look at the, uh, there's two vehicles that come to mind. The Volvo, and I'm not a big European fan, but I had a Volvo 164. The only way to get that thing off the road would be to shoot it. Mm. And another one, I heard about a Mercedes the other day, 300d or oh yeah, the diesels oh yeah those things would run forever and, and it would it had three million miles oh yeah they'd no, run literally been they would run forever dirty stinky but they'd run forever well you know my thing is make something that gets 
good mileage, you know, mm-hmm. is good or better in the 70s, that, that really, really last. And, you know, they're as bad as the dealers in that they, they know they're kind of playing this game, but they just won't give it up. No, and they, you and know, they, point, they know that on average a new car is in a, the first owner's hands for about three years, maybe five at most, and they know it's going to get passed on to the next person, the next person, the next person. I, I'm with you. I think most of these manufacturers, if they feel they can get a solid 10 years out of the car, they think that's plenty. It's planned obsolescence. They stop making parts at that point in time anyways, and that's all they're looking at, Ben, is a 10-year lifespan. And, and look at uh, some of these big diesel semis and medium-duty trucks that have I mean, they're a different animal because they have, you know, completely different specs. But you can get a semi-truck to last, you know, under loads every day right. for three-quarters of a million, 1.2 million. Well, I mean, I've Ben, my seen... old 2004 Dodge that, you know, I bought from my friends up in Sterling at Novus up there. It was their old truck, and I bought it from them. I plow snow with it today. 276,000 miles now. It doesn't use a, a drop of oil. That truck works like a champ. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. And, 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 and by the way, to the credit of the manufacturers, most of the engines in today's new cars will run that long or longer. It's the rest of it that you start having issues with as it gets higher miles. Oh, yeah. My dad had this, uh, it was a Toyota Lexus thing, and the differential went out. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Uh, an older American car, the differentials never I shouldn't say never, but I had an auto shop teacher. He said, this was in the 70s when I was in school. He said, I've seen like two go out throughout the years, and one of them was dry. You know, and so. Yeah, most of them, if you serviced them, they'd run for a very long time. Good point. Yeah, they just cheap them out. They they sell the body, the looks, the Mm -hmm. convenience. All it's got heated seats. It's like, well, it's a ripoff. It's. And frankly, I blame some of the public for taking their eye off the ball and having rose lenses on when they buy the car. Yeah. It's like go in there because the dealers are kind of scummy, for lack of a better term. you got to get your, like, SOB attitude on and, like, this is where I'm at with this car. Are you there or do I drive yeah. what I've got? Right. In and my thing is, additionally, I like what your guy Jeff said. Be ready to say no. Yep. And and walk out. That's right. Well yeah. said. Well Justin, said. Thank you. Thanks, thank Ben. You. Have a nice day. You did. Appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Robert and Thornton, you're next. Go ahead, Robert. Hi. How are you doing, Dave? Good, sir. Good. Hey, I want to let you know an update on my vanity plate that they were going to take away because they found it offensive. Yeah, I remember that call. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you what the name was. No, I remember it, but go ahead. So what they ended up doing is two days before I was supposed to go to their Zoom court meeting, uh-huh. they came up with a negotiation that if I was willing to spell it the same way I had it without a space between the middle, they'd let me have it. So oh. I called them up and I says, what do you mean? That's what I already have. Right. I said, I'll send you pictures and everything. And they says, well, our computers can't distinguish what somebody complained about and your license plate. So they told me that they were going to go ahead and drop it, but then in the future, somebody else had it offensive again. They'd go ahead and have me going back to the court issue thing about appealing it again. But I just. Can't but for now, it. they're letting you keep it. 
Right, because they said it was a mistake that there, it was the way that it was reported. It was a space between the L. No. And I, and again, I remember, I remember what you told me, and and there, there's no way there could have been a space. That's what I said too. It can't and happen. Thought, well, whatever, there's not enough. Know, then, they don't allow you to have that space on that license plate. Well, that's what I kind of thought too. But I thought, well, whatever. I'm not going to argue with you if you're going to let me take. It. But then, <laughs> yeah, you know, at that point, just yeah, drop it, and move on. Exactly. Right. But anyway, thanks. Well, I'm glad you won, Robert. That, yeah, give us an update if anything changes, but I'm glad you won that. That's awesome. Yeah, and it just shows, you know, you can't just lay over. You know, oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. Great advice. Thanks for your help. You, you you're do. very welcome, Robert. Thank you very much. Glad that worked out. Uh, Alan in Monument, you're next. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, hey, John. <laughs> thanks for taking my call. I have a 2004 F-350 that is driving me nuts. Um, front and left caliper keeps the grabbing i'm on the third set and both rubber brake lines up front have been replaced what am i missing hmm only the front left always front left um it's been confirmed by other independent mechanics um i I be you know the other day it happened to me and uh, i I broke out the ir gun took a temperature and it's 100 degrees at least 100 hotter than the other side wow um, and if, if there is a rhyme or reason, and I don't know that there is yet, because I don't drive it too often, it, it seems like it's going to act up after it's been sitting for a while. I think the thing I would be looking at is, you know, master cylinder is not going to be an issue because it's pushing out the same fluid to both sides. It's going to be more of what's happening in the proportioning valve. You did brake hoses already, so it's going to be more of probably what's in the proportioning valve and is it sending more fluid to one side than the other. Okay. So probably look into that and or replace that i it, at this point it's a 2004 i'd probably just if you can find one that's going to be the biggest issue alan if you can find one just put a new one on it perfect no i'll, I'll give that a shot thank you because that, that's the only other I... place that those lines are splitting from as you know okay yeah i'll, I'll give that a shot so my gut feeling is other... something's happened in that valve where it's pushing more fluid to that left front than it is the right yep yep no i agreed well i'll, I'll give it a shot okay. and then real quick I, I, I'm with you, cut from the same cloth. I had a brand-new 2017 Ram 1500, and the letters on the door that said Ram 1500 probably took up a third. Yeah, why are they so estate. stinking big? I mean, if they're going to put them on, they're fine, but why are they so dang big? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I started working on debadging it, and not because I didn't like the truck. It's just the letters were big and dopey, and, and to your point, I, I know what I'm driving. I'm, I, yeah, I know what I'm driving. I don't need to tell everybody else what it is. If they need to know, fine, they can figure it out, but I don't need to advertise for Ram. Sorry, I just don't. Hundred percent love the truck, but I just couldn't believe the size of the of the logo and the end. Oh, they look so much better when they're off too. So congratulations, good job. Definitely, thank you for taking. You bet, Alan. Appreciate it very much. David, hang tight. Wheat Ridge. John's coming up after that as well. We've got a line open three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. We'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing your local BG Products distributor, back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Now this week we're going to talk about something a little bit different, windshield washer fluid. You might have noticed, but the highways around Colorado are a little bit messy. And we've got them covered with this wonderful magnesium chloride that just gums up your windows. And so you're going to probably go through a lot of windshield washer fluid. But is all windshield washer fluid the same? 
Unfortunately not. In fact, in most parts of the country, windshield washer fluid can actually freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. We all know that water freezes at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit, and typically windshield washer fluid or solvent contains a methanol in order to prevent freezing at colder temperatures. Now by adding roughly 30% methanol, the freeze point of windshield washer fluid can drop to as low as 20 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's typically what you're going to find on the shelf in most Colorado retail locations. But if you've traveled and you've bought washer fluid anywhere else in the country, specifically in the southern parts, you may have washer fluid with as little as 10% ethanol, and that's the fluid that can freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Additionally, if you've had washer fluid sitting in your garage all summer long, the methanol in that washer fluid may have evaporated. This also causes the freeze point of the washer fluid to be higher than you would need this time of year in Colorado. So, the lesson is, Make sure that your windshield washer and you'll be safe in even the harshest Colorado winters. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. David, you're next. Go ahead, David. Hey, um, talking about buying cars. Yes. New car, new electric, ordered a Volkswagen, uh, the ID4. The ID4, yep. And I'm, and I'm concerned, you know, they, that dealer handling's like 1500 on it. Wow, and, why so much? 
I don't know. That's high. Most That's D, high. most DNH in the state, David, is between three and five hundred dollars. That's about all I've ever seen. Fifteen hundred is too much. Right. Way too much. Okay, so we built the car uh, virtually, then you know, went and test drove it, right, and then um, we're just essentially told that number. So, but the fact that these cars are in such high demand, I mean, what do we do? Where's our negotiation power when people are waiting? For these cars for months there isn't any That's about- the, no you, you bring up a great point david in this day and age where we're at right now where there's really no inventory you can try to negotiate as much as you can but the bottom line is the bottom line because if you're not buying it the next guy in line is Okay. That's the so problem. I, you're just going to have to eat that. you got to suck it up. And, I mean, if you want that car at that price, and that's what they're offering it to you for, you really don't have much choice. That's the downside of where we're at right now because they're not building them enough. They're not building enough fast enough, as you know. So, And, and really quick, David, also, for everybody listening, yep. that really doesn't matter what brand or type of car we're talking about either, David. There's a few different kind of um, – uh, anomalies where there may be a little bit of inventory on a particular brand or model, but in general, that's true with all new cars right now. Right. Okay. So, should I also be concerned that there's going to be another hidden fee somewhere? Because well, I would make sure they put all that in writing right now to where you don't have any hidden fees when it arrives. Okay. Okay. So, if you agree um, to the $1,500 dealer handling, that's fine, but say, listen, this is my bottom line price right here on this piece of paper. If I go fund it, finance it, pay cash, whatever, this is my bottom dollar price, and I'd take a picture of it. All right. And yeah, I heard you say all of that. So if I don't do that, don't be surprised that they're going to hit you. You got something it. Something else. You got it. Okay. If they won't let you do um, that, you know there's something else coming when that car shows up. Okay. Uh, also, hey, no offense, David. Not, if that were me, yep. I would not buy that car because there's other EVs that are just as good as that ID four. Right. Well, we're considering going with a car that's about five to seven more, and it's uh, the Mercedes Benz, small, smaller EV. They apparently they want to be competitive in this market. They do, and they have a they have a third row option in the smaller. SUV. We have a five-year-old perfect car for us. We haven't gone through the process yet. It's $2,500 deposit. And, you know, their big deal is they build your car. Right. Um, Right. And it's built in Hungary. And, yeah, it only takes, oh, maybe from the time that they start building your car, like 60 days for you to get it in shipping that sounds pretty that's um, not bad uh, yeah but it sounds optimistic in the market that we're in well it once I, they've got it built i don't think the 60 days it, honestly the getting it over from overseas to here is not the biggest issue the biggest issue that we have found even on the fleet side for us is once it ends up in the port getting it on a train to come to denver is the biggest issue that's that's the biggest stumbling block david no kidding. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the it's the so, rail getting it to Denver that's the biggest issue. Yeah. So, what do you think about that Mercedes 
wanting to. Well, you know, I'm glad you just asked. I'm right now driving. I'll give a review on this, you know, uh, in the next few days here. But I'm driving the new EQE, which is their full bore sedan. Very, very expensive car. But I will tell you their their EV technology. um, I'll tell you what, David, top of the line works fantastic. I've gotten I don't have a single complaint with this car. None. Yeah, well, you know what we've also noticed is that the finish on the car, they didn't want their car to look like a space-aged electric. The interior looks like Mercedes-Benz. Yep. The exterior looks like mercedes There you go. No, I, okay. I, I, no, I, I like the car. And, and again, I, I've driven the ID4. I've even done reviews on it. I like the ID4. My complaint with the ID4 is for an EV, I think it's under – I know this is going to sound really weird, but I think it's underpowered. That's my opinion. There's there's faster, more powerful EVs in that segment besides that besides that one. And you would say that probably that the uh, Mercedes. I'm guessing if it well if it runs like this EQE I'm driving, this stinking thing is fast. Yeah. Now okay. the other one we're going to review here in the next couple of days is a little Genesis sort of SUV EV they have. It's around seventy thousand bucks. I tell you what, David, that car is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, you know the. You know, the thing that we like about it seems like there's a turn back towards a boxier back end on SUVs. Well, they get more room when they do that. That slanted back end that a lot of them have takes so much cargo space away. I know, and we're we're kind of, we're done with that with our Nissan Rogue and stuff. We like the idea of having a bigger bottom on it. There you go. Yep. Okay. You're on the right track. You're, you're, you're doing the right thing, David. Just, you know, make, make the right decision, and you'll, you, you'll, you'll know what to do. And, they, and I should have Mercedes write that number down yes. for us. Yes, same exact situation, no different. Even with an ordered car. That's right. Be there Even with an ordered car. write it down. Yeah, that's right. You, okay. want your, you want your order. You know, they may have a little bit of variation on something. Shouldn't be more than a few hundred bucks, maybe on the shipping side or whatever. But even that, they should have dialed in and know exactly what it's going to be. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. David, thanks. Good call, by the way. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. All right. John is next. John, go ahead. Hey, John. Calling from uh, Wyoming. Hey, John. How are you, sir? Long time no talk to you. Good. Yeah. And, but we listen. We Thank listen you. To your show. Appreciate it. And learn learn a lot, you know. For So I was going to say, <clears throat> we, as we built our, our, our little family business, we had two vehicles for almost 25 years, a 1994 Jeep Cherokee and a 1993 uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. So we, we just, that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And then things changed, and we were able to, you know, move up the ladder right. and everything. But <clears throat> I thought I would tell you, we bought a uh, 2021 uh, Ford Bronco with the small motor in it, and boy, we love it up here in Wyoming. And it pretty much gets twenty-seven and a half miles a gallon, you know. And then if if you have really good fuel, highway conditions, you can get like twenty-nine and a half. But you know, we can put the bird dogs in there and go hunting, and it'll go off-road a little bit depending on. Whatnot, but it's a really. I'm just putting my two cents in for Ford. I think this Bronco product is really good. Good. That's all. I don't I've, know. I've only driven know one one time. I've got a, a test drive on one the first part of March, so I'll get. I'll, I'll get. Actually, I actually have a Raptor. Uh, the, the Bronco Raptor. I'll be 
driving the first part of March. I can give everybody kind of an update on. But yeah, they have sold a ton of those things, John. They they actually go for more than what the yep. sticker is. That's you know? right. I mean, we, it was like 6000 more, if you can imagine. All I'm saying is uh, Ford still puts out a good product. We enjoy listening to your show. Uh, I agree. Thank I, you, John. I, I no, just pass it appreciate along. it. Okay. No, I appreciate that. No, and they do. They build a good product, not complain. Honestly, folks, to, in today's world, it's so competitive. They're all very, very close. Um, I can't tell you that there's one you know, manufacturer better or worse than someone else. They all have their differences, idiosyncrasies, and so on. And it's funny. You know, you get some people that are really stuck on a particular brand. You know, toy, I only buy Toyota. Toyota's the best car made, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'll say this as nicely as I can. Every car has problems. Every car needs maintenance. And if you drive by a Toyota dealership and look at all the bays they have in their service department and tell me a Toyota never has a problem, you're a knucklehead. (laughs) Bottom line is every car out there has some sort of issue, has some sort of repair that's needed, needs maintenance, and so on. Now, with every single car made, uh, will they go longer and and, and farther and so on, the the better you take care of them? Of course they will. We talk about that on Drive Radio all the time, have for 20-plus years. I will tell you that what the foreign car companies did all the way back in the 70s and 80s that I think made their vehicles, quote-unquote, last longer at that time, they trained their people how to do maintenance, their customers. Customers back then driving those types of vehicles, they knew I needed a 30, 45, 60, 90, you get it, K service. The American car companies did not do that. But the Japanese car companies did. They trained their people how to do proper maintenance. And in turn, they had a quote-unquote better product or a you know product that was seemingly better. I can tell you right now from individuals that I know that had American cars during those same times that were very well-maintained, they lasted just as long as their Japanese counterparts did. The problem is most American car owners didn't do that maintenance properly or at all. Because they were never trained to do so. So that's why you'll see, you know, people that are that are just, you know, super loyal to a particular brand. It's not because that brand is any better than any other. It just happens to be that that customer base maybe has been trained better on how to take care of that vehicle versus another brand. So we'll be right back. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. 
Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560, and from our vantage point here at the station, we're 12 stories up down here off of Parker Road. Looking to the west, there's a little bit of uh, snow that maybe has moved in just ever so slightly. I don't think we're going to get a whole lot out of this, but yes, we've had a little bit of snow move in. So, Craig, you called earlier saying it was down south and looks like it's moved up this direction. So those of you that are out driving around, please be safe. And uh, remember, too, next week, uh, Dennis will be filling in again for me. I appreciate that very much. Uh, He and Jeff Kitty will be here. I will be at the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction next week. And we'll report, well, next weekend, I should say. But I'll report back on that the following weekend. And if I get a chance to call in to Dennis on Saturday, I will. Um, I've not really looked at, I need to get busy and look and see at all the different vehicles that are going to be going through the auction and and kind of get myself uh acclimated all of that i've not done that yet but i'll try to do that this week but at any rate yeah if there and by the way if there's something specific that you see that you would like me to go and get pictures and get them on the website and so on i will be more than willing to do that you just need to let me know via text message or or on an email uh what i need to do there and i will do my very best to make that happen so i'm uh, re- really looking forward to being there next week and was there last year and look looking for several different things um uh, not to buy but just looking at state of the economy what's going on what cars are selling for what and so on i'm interested really to see all of that as much as i am anything else all right i told you earlier that i had a list of the this is from cnbc so i don't put a lot of stake in this not because it's cnbc but i don't put a lot of stake into a lot of reports that come out on 
cars because I don't know who put them together. I don't know what the criteria was. I don't know how they're backing it up or anything. But I've got the 10 car models that have the greatest potential lifespan. Now, some of these I agree with. Some of these I do not. First one on the list, I agree with. Toyota Camry, this is the hybrid version, but really Toyota Camry in general. Yes, that is a staple car, staple sedan. Those things will run and run and run and run and run, take care of it, do the proper maintenance. And yes, it's a good car. They will run for a very long time. And part of that is, you know, Toyota has had that platform, you know, quote unquote, dialed in for a very, very long time. Toyota, make sure I say this where I'm, I'm saying this correctly. They build a nice, solid, reliable car that is not too high performance and isn't super sexy. I hate to say this, but they build sort of vanilla cars. And I'm sorry if you're a Toyota owner. I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but that's what they build. Which, for what they do and how they do it, works very well. They've made a lot of money, become the biggest automaker in the world. You can't complain about how their approach has been in that regard. Doesn't mean I don't like their cars either, because they are very good, solid vehicles. But again, they've done that by doing what I just said a moment ago. Number two on this list, I don't agree with. Even the new ones, I just don't agree with. Grand Caravan. Dodge Grand Caravan. I, I, th- no, that, that would not be on my list of longevity cars. I'm sorry. It just isn't. I, I know the history that some of them have. Uh, and I don't. again, this is not giving me the year of these cars, so I really don't know what year they're looking at here. Uh, but that's not a car that, in my opinion, I would add to that list. The next one, which, again, I would... This one's probably a little bit of a struggle for me. Not that it's a bad car, but I don't know that it has the same longevity that uh, even a Toyota Camry has. That'd be the Ford Fusion. Good car. See a lot of them around. It's their, you know, it's their sedan that competes with the Camry, of course. Again, it's on the list, top 10. The next one, fully agree with. Honda Accord. Again, not a sexy car, not a flashy car. Not a lot of pizzazz in the car. Does it work very well, and does it go from A to B in a very good manner? Absolutely. Again, Honda is a very solid, reliable brand, has been for years and years and years. Uh, even their lawn, garden equipment, and so on, very high-end. I mean, their stuff works. No complaints with what Honda's got going at all. They build a very solid car. They don't build as many cars as what Toyota does. But keep in mind, Honda does a lot of other things besides build cars. So, very large company. They just don't do all of it in the automotive world. The next one is a Honda Fit. So, two Hondas so far. Yeah, if you want to buy a really ugly car, sorry those of you that have a Honda Fit, but if you want to buy a really ugly car, go buy a Honda Fit. Not attractive in my opinion at all. Is it versatile? Yes. Is it sexy? Nothing about that car is sexy. It's ugly. Period. Sort of like the Honda Elements were. They were really ugly. Good car. Super ugly. Another Toyota makes the list. This one I would agree with. Toyota Avalon. The Toyota Avalon, by the way, for all of you listening, is essentially the entry-level, same as the entry-level E-Series Lexus. Very, very similar cars. There's really not much difference other than one says Toyota, one says Lexus. And there's a lot of folks that buy the Toyota because they really shouldn't be driving 
Alexis. So, for example, if you have the type of a job where if you pulled up an Alexis, everybody's going to wonder, well, why are you doing that? And that means you must be charging me too much money to do what you're doing. That's why you're driving Alexis. Same person could pull up in an Avalon, same car, $5,000 difference in price from the Lexus to the Toyota. You could pull up in the Toyota because it says Toyota, nobody's going to question it. Even though there's really no difference between the two cars, the perception is, oh, the Lexus is a much more expensive car and if you pull up in that, you're, you know, you're charging me too much money or, you know, you're you're uh, you know, you're in ministry or you're in some nonprofit or whatever the case may be, you can't drive a Lexus because of that. Well, so then drive an Avalon. Basically the same car. And it's interesting that the Lexus is not on this list because I put those two in exactly the same category. Next one is the Kia Sedona. Okay. Uh, their brand has, as you know, their quality in the brand has come up a lot in the last even 10 years. And they are not the car they used to be. They got, a, you know, they, they early on had their issues. And even like every manufacturer had some issues along the way. I do believe they build a solid product today. Nothing wrong with it. I would have no problem buying a Kia, a Genesis, a Hyundai, all the same company, by the way. Uh, Like General Motors, he owns all the different brands. I I would have no problem buying a Kia in today's world. One more Honda. A Civic Coupe. Yeah, Civic's a good car. Nothing wrong with that. They've been building those things forever. It's, again, a staple of the Honda line. If you own a Civic, nothing wrong with that at all. They are now, in in the Civic lineup, there is... Some sexier Civics they're making, even with some more horsepower and so on. Uh, you can look all those up on the website that they've got. But, yeah, they're building that car and have for years and years, and they're, they're adding to that line as far as the performance side of the fence is concerned as well. Uh, two left to go. Toyota Prius is on this list. Yes. Yeah, that's a car that just will run and run and run and run and run with, with honestly, not a lot of maintenance. There's an engine, hybrid system. And the batteries, tires and brakes, that's about it. The car literally will just run and run and run and run, and their resale value is pretty strong. In fact, I'm surprised this one isn't up higher on the list. It's number nine. I'm, again, I'm surprised it's not way up the list because it should be. Uh, as far as buying a good, solid used car, in fact, if you have a first-time driver, not the sexiest of cars out there, but as far as reliability and going from A to B and all of that, yeah, put them in a Prius. Nothing wrong with that. I, I would put a, a young person in a Prius in a heartbeat. They wouldn't like it, but it'll be a fine car for them to drive. Lastly, number 10, Chevy Impala. Yeah, that's a staple car for Chevrolet. It's been a good, solid product for them. Uh, it's the last on the list, uh, although depending upon, again, how well that car is maintained and cared for, Probably should be up on the list a little bit higher because, again, good, solid car, nothing wrong with it. I've had many of you ask about buying those used. You found a particular Impala here, there, whatever, and you've emailed me different things about it. And, yeah, I have no problem with people buying that car. It's it's a solid car, works very well, and I would have no problem recommending that to anybody out there driving. So that's the top ten list when it comes to used cars. i got more to come when we come back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Anything you've got, questions, you name it, we'll answer it. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers.
on KLZ 560.